Hey folks, before we begin the show, a couple of housekeeping notes for those of you on the podcast. You can call into my program Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time by calling 1-800-WSB-TALK and join the program. You can listen live at wsbradio.com or stick with the podcast if you like. Also, remember to check out our weekly sponsor for the podcast. If you go to them following the link, this week's sponsor is blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It is a fantastic way to help the resurgent. The more you guys shop with our sponsors, the more sponsors we get, the more it helps the resurgent long-term. It also helps the Eric Erickson Show. Thanks so much for listening. Now on with the show. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. You can get the show, the podcast, the show notes, all of that by texting the word show to 444-999. Now, I want you to know there is a law professor pushing a piece out at CNN.com as I speak that the kids from Parkland High School, we need to listen to them in setting public policy. Those 16-year-olds should be able to vote. Direct quote, the response at Stoneman Douglas High is showing that youth in this country can and should have a significant role in political debates. Why? Because they want gun control. So let me get the argument straight from the left. This is what postmodernism looks like. You don't have to have intellectual consistency here. 16-year-olds in high school should be allowed to vote but they shouldn't own guns. They're responsible enough to set public policy for 320 million people. But they're too young to own guns. In fact, they're, they're too young to drink. We don't want them smoking cigarettes. But they can set public policy to affect 320 million people. The logical inconsistencies of the left uh, know no boundaries. They, they are infinite and absurd. But these are the arguments we're getting that it, we're having student die-ins today. You, you know what? Let, let me read you a different story, one that's not getting as much national media attention. Colorado House Minority Leader Patrick Neville has introduced legislation in the Colorado State House to remove limitations on concealed carry in K-12 schools. Under state law, concealed carry permit holders may bring firearms onto school property but must keep them locked inside their vehicles. Mr. Neville, who introduced the bill does so annually since he was elected in 2014. He said the current law creates a so-called gun-free zone in every K-12 public school. 
This act would allow every law-abiding citizen who holds a concealed carry permit issued from their chief law enforcement officer the right to carry concealed in order to defend themselves and, most importantly, our children from the worst-case scenarios. Patrick Neville, the Colorado House Minority Leader, Republican, survived the Columbine High School shooting. That's right. He's a survivor of the Columbine High School shooting. The first major high school shooting to capture national attention. A high school shooting, no less, done while the assault weapons ban was on the books. And still, it was able to happen. Patrick Neville wants teachers and administrators to be able to conceal carry. There's you an issue to deal with the the school violence situation. Concealed carry for the teachers and administrators. Notice that's not getting attention today. Instead, we're getting puff pieces about 16, 17, and 18-year-olds launching die-ins nationwide to call for bans on guns. Don't tell me the media is not biased. It's in what they cover as much as in what they don't cover, and they're not covering a Columbine survivor calling for concealed carry. Of course not. I mean, this is how the media shapes coverage of things uh, as much as by what they don't give attention to is by what they do. So we're having all these rapturous pieces in, in place and have the praise of the brave high school students, the brave high school students who want gun control. They want Congress to do something. Pay no attention to the Second Amendment, mind you. Just do something. I would submit to you that this this is what one of my maxims in life, I guess we can say. You should never make any long-term decisions immediately following tragedy. Because then you're letting emotions govern the situation and not reason. Now, I li- realize we live in an age without reason. Uh, but we should still try. You know, there's another interesting proposal out there. David French over at National Review has raised this issue today. If you want a meaningful gun control issue, why not this one? Um, it's at National Review. Had David French, it's not his idea, but it's called a gun violence restraining order, a GVRO. While there are various versions of the law of these laws working their way through states, broadly speaking, they permit a spouse, parent, sibling, or person living with a cr- troubled individual to petition a court for an order enabling law enforcement to temporarily take that individual's gun rights away. A well-crafted v- GVRO should contain the following elements. One, it should limit those who have standing to seek the order to a narrowly defined class of people of close relatives or those living with the respondent. It should require petitioners to come forward with clear, convincing, admissible evidence that the respondent is a danger to himself or others. It should grant the respondent an opportunity to contest the claims. In the event of an emergency, ex parte order, an order granted before the respondent could contest the claims, a full hearing should be scheduled within 72 hours. The order should lapse after a defined period of time unless petitioners can come forward with clear, convincing evidence it should remain in place. The concept of the GVRO is simple. 
not substantially different from current restraining orders, uh, common in family law, and far easier to explain to the public than mental health adjudications. Moreover, the requirement that the order come from people close to the respondent and that they come forward with real evidence minimizes the chance of bad faith claims. The great benefit of the GVRO is that it provides citizens with options other than relying on, for example, the FBI. A federal department that admitted last week it did not respond appropriately to timely warnings from a person close to the shooter in Florida. According to the FBI itself, that person provided information about Cruz's gun ownership, desire to kill people, erratic behavior, and disturbing social media posts, as well as the potential of him conducting a school shooting. In other words, it fit all of the requirements that you would have put in a GVRO and would have potentially stopped him. Now, my wife, who is the real winger in the family, immediately heard this and said, well, then that would just incentivize the left to create a national registry of firearms because you could be lying. Yes, you could be lying. You possibly could be lying, you could be hiding guns, but it certainly makes it more difficult to do so. Without doing a national gun registry, it's still a step in the right direction, I would think. If you really want to do something, other than the ridiculous idea that we're going to ban all guns, folks, there are as many guns in this country legally purchased as there are people. 320 million guns, 320 million people. Now, not all people own firearms, But you know what? There's not a single firearm in this country that has ever killed someone without being associated with a person. They just don't go out there. Guns don't randomly go walking down the street gunning people down. It takes a person. It is something in this country that when a terrorist jumps in a car and runs down a bunch of people on a boardwalk in New York City, we we don't limit people's access to cars and trucks we limit the terrorist drunk driver kills someone we don't blame the car we blame the drunk driver someone goes into a school and kills people in the school we blame the gun we shouldn't there are ways to do things but it's really hard to have honest conversations in this country about guns there's a lawyer today on twitter with several uh, tens of thousands of followers a verified account putting up a map of all the places that need a government id to vote but don't for a gun Now, if you don't know, if you've never bought a gun, you have to have an ID to buy a gun. But according to this lawyer, you don't. If you're going to lie about this stuff, we can't have an honest conversation. And again, I see no reason for conservatives to try to compromise because what compromise is in the gun debate is we're supposed to adhere to left-wing demands. We're supposed to let 16-year-olds set public policy but not allow them the right to keep and bear arms that they are entitled to under the Constitution. I mean, why bother? Seriously, why, why bother in that case? There are things we can do. But I'll tell you, my solution, more guns, not less guns. We're, we're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. We're not going to go the Australian route. So more guns, not less guns. We should have concealed carry for teachers and administrators in schools. We should. Folks, I wanted to do a quick timeout to tell you about this week's sponsor, Blue Apron. You probably have heard of Blue Apron. You've seen their advertisements. I have to tell you, I have tried several of their competitors and then tried Blue Apron, and it is fantastic. Um, A lot of people, you're confused because there are so many of these services out there. If you don't know what Blue Apron is, 
It is a great company that sends you recipes to your house. And not just the recipes, but all the ingredients. In fact, Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. You guys know I like to cook, and Blue Apron makes it really easy. And they have great plans to choose from. A two-person meal plan, a family meal plan, a wine plan. My family does the family meal plan. We get two meals a week. For four people, we've done the uh, soy glazed chicken. We've done the um, beef medallions with pan sauce. Last week, we did the Mexican casserole. It's all delicious, and all the ingredients come in the box. They make it really easy for you. In fact, ours shows up on a Thursday uh, by FedEx, and we're ready to cook, and it's good to go. Really delicious recipes, easy to follow along as well. If you're hesitant about cooking, you want to try something a little more than the basics, Blue Apron is the way to go, and Blue Apron is treating listeners of the Eric Erickson show to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off at blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And think of it this way. Even the federal government says they want to model a plan after Blue Apron. So go to blueapron.com slash Eric. It's 26 after the hour. Let's go back to the phones. Actually, we're not going back. We're starting 404-872-0750. David and Tyrone, you're up first. Welcome. Hey, Mr. Eric. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Uh, If I got any better, I guarantee you somebody would make it illegal. (laughs) Excellent. Listen, I got a question. All right. I'm wondering why we don't ever look at making parents mom and dad, and I do mean mom and dad, legally responsible for the actions of their children. I know this doesn't apply to Florida, but if if a child walks into Walmart and shoplifts, go get mom and dad. And and it's it's an accessory to shoplifting because mom and dad are not paying attention to what their child is doing. Make the adult in the, the family unit legally responsible well maybe, you know maybe to a degree they if your child is under a certain age then the parents do have legal obligations and can be responsible and defects can get involved but when your child reaches an age of majority um then we tend to say no you're no longer responsible i i think we need to look at that age of majority i think we need to look at that and if if a 17-year-old child goes into my gun safe and takes a gun out of my gun safe and goes to school, uh, and I didn't check his backpack or whatever, I, I, I'm responsible for that gun. What, what, I'm also well, responsible it, you know, for it, that It's child. funny you should raise that issue, David. My wife was, was telling me earlier, she thinks that we ought to make it a law that someone is criminally punishable if their gun is stolen and they don't report it. Um, a lot of people leave them just laying in their cars as opposed to having an actual lockbox in their car where they keep guns. And if they get stolen overnight and they don't report it, then they get responsible if they're using a crime. But at the same time, though, we do have this constitutional issue in this country of responsibility and who is and isn't responsible. And we'd have to amend the Constitution probably.
It is 40 after the hour. We got a lot of people uh, on hold, want to take their phone calls. Before I do, though, I need to raise a red alert with you guys. Um, this is a very significant red alert. I talked about it on Friday. For those of you who weren't with us on Friday, there is legislation in the Georgia legislature right now. It comes up in the rules committee tomorrow. It should be on the floor of the Senate by Wednesday. We need to stop it. It is SB 418. There's a companion piece of legislation, HB 948. This legislation is designed and authored by the puppy mill industry to protect puppy mills in Georgia. I have been told by several people that uh, Petland, the store, is involved with it. WSB-TV has done several stories about this company. Uh, we've had a, a kid who got sick there. We've had people who have bought dogs there that have died within weeks of being purchased. Uh, a Google, just put it Petland in Google, click on the news tab and just read the headlines of the stories that come up. But it's not the only one. Um, puppy mills, as you probably know, churn out uh, dogs rapidly. They claim to be purebred. In many cases, they are diseased animals uh, who don't live long. And the pet mill industry, puppy mill industry, is trying to get a law protecting them in Georgia as local governments have begun shutting them down in Cobb County and in Gwinnett County, among others, uh, because of health code violations and else and otherwise. Uh, what this legislation would do is say that local governments cannot shut down any business that sells goods or products are, that are regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture or FDA. Puppy mills are regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So if this legislation passes, local governments would not be able to act in the interest of their citizens to protect them from these puppy mills that sell them diseased animals that die uh, shortly after getting them home. It is a terrible scam. It is awful to see Republicans in our legislature working on behalf of the puppy mill industry uh, so that they can continue to sell diseased and dying animals to your children let alone getting your children sick. Uh, that is what this legislation is designed to do, SB 418 and HB 948. Uh, we have an action alert on this at theresurgent.com. If you text WSB to 52886, text WSB to 52886, you will be able to generate emails, tweets, and Facebook messages to your members of the state legislature telling them to kill this legislation and to stop doing the bidding of the puppy mill industry that has already gotten our children in Georgia sick. Text WSB to 52886. We now have 771 people who have done this. Wayne, Adrian, Jean, Joseph, Kathy, Elisa, Michael, Sean, David, Todd, Carla. Thank you all for doing it as I sit here watching. Uh, text WSB to 52886 to combat the puppy mill industry. Now let's go to the phones. I want to go to Chris, uh, Christian in Flowery Branch. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, I wanted to cover uh, uh, two things here. Uh, one, about those kids, uh, they want to lower the voting age. And um, I actually think it should be the opposite. I'm 22 years old, and I think that, like, my peers still do questionable things. I think that they, they're not even mature enough to vote. I think that it should be raised to 25 years old. So you get that life experience, and then you understand how the system is working further on. Oh, see, I'm more radical than you. I think you have to pay, you should have to pay income or property taxes in order to vote. Even better, even better. Yep, there and, you go. 
it's it's yeah, it's just twenty one is just too young. Eighteen, all that. Um another one was for the uh the schools. I I heard you talking about the uh arming teachers and I just think that's a horrible idea because when I was in high school I knew some teachers that would probably shoot me. <laughs> there is that although think of the behavioral curbs that might happen in public schools <laughs> yeah i saw something on the internet today is kids packing up their bags and the teacher pulls out a gun he's like no you pack up the bags when i say pack up the bags <laughs> hey but anyways i was saying um we could I have mean, dirty hearing in the schools with a bigger brain can iron out the details but almost like a volunteer organization where you have to have at least some law enforcement or military background to volunteer for this. And you, you become outfitted, you get plates and I would say a sidearm and you would basically be a sentry for this school. And then you'd have like a rifle or a long gun in case of an emergency. You know, it's funny you say this, Christian, my my wife mentioned earlier, she said, you know, we keep hearing all these stories about people who come back uh, from Iraq and Afghanistan. They have a hard time getting a job. Um, Hey, yeah. So I I was about to cover that. I I actually, right after high school, I left for the army and I I've deployed and I've done my time. And I've recently just gotten out and I would love to volunteer for something like this, but I was saying it was, um, Obviously, have an intensive background check, right. and at least every six months, go through their training again, and they will be focused on dealing with an active shooter situation. Uh, listen, so that, I, I think that's a great idea. i got to let you go there because we got a commercial break. Christian, thanks very much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, think, of, think, though, what you just said about arming teachers. Uh, you'd probably have some really well-behaved kids all of a sudden in our public schools. It is three before after the hour. You, you know, normally on Mondays, we don't get a lot of phone calls. And tonight, uh, we got full lines. Um, if you want to get through, I recommend calling the 800 number, 800-972-8255. That's 800-WSB-TALK. Um, and we're, I will actually just start going to phone calls because a lot of people still want to talk about the gun control issue in the next hour. Um, I need to take a moment here, though, to discuss something with you guys. And that is the the cruise. Um, you know, one of the cool things about this program in most talk radio programs demographically uh, are an older audience. And I have tried to explain this over and over here. Uh, you see it when we do live events. Uh, demographically, this audience pretty much lines up with me. You are a uh, 30 or 40 something year old who has kids. And when we were planning the trip, uh, that subject came up and no one seemed to believe me. And, uh, well, now it is abundantly obvious. And those of you who have been texting um, and have been calling, you've got price concerns on the cruise. You've got got concerns about going to Europe for a week. Um, So we are retooling the cruise because we would still like you all to come with us. We understand, though, um, that the price point can be an issue for a lot of people who are a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, got kids. So what we're going to do is repackage uh, and do an Alaska cruise. And we will sail away to Alaskan glaciers, and I have never been there. I have heard from people who have been that is one of the coolest trips you can take. Uh, Whales and glaciers, you name it. Uh, You can see moose on the shore. So I hope um, if you want information... Text the word CRUISE to 345-345, CRUISE to 345-345, C-R-U-I-S-E. 
um, and I will get you as soon as the they redo the package. I will send you information about it. Um, I am really that it was actually my first choice to begin with was the Alaska cruise, and I I've always wanted to go to Alaska, and y'all can go with me and my family to Alaska, uh, and it should be at a price point we can all uh, hopefully handle. And so I'm very excited about it and text the word cruise to three, four, five, three, four, five. As soon as we have the package ready to go, I will let you know. Uh, when we come back, I want to keep taking your phone calls on gun control before we get into anything else. There's a fascinating article out in Politico today from a reporter about the Russia investigation. I do want to get to, but we'll do your calls first on gun control. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB. Before I go to phone calls on guns, I just gotta, I just, because we can all laugh and ridicule this together. Here's an actual headline. In the Winter Olympics, why aren't women figure skaters hitting quads and women snowboarders doing 1440s? It's not just biology. Human bodies are also socially constructed. Y'all, the postmodern left would like us to believe that bodies are a social construction, like gender, according to them, not biology. Now, anyone who was old enough to remember the East German female Olympians knows this is not true. <laughs> it is all biology and potentially steroids. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to spend this hour, I guess, on phone calls until we get to the Russia story, because I really want to do the Russia story. But first, we'll go to the phones. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. David and coming. you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how's it going today? Good. Listen, um, I, I know you agree with me, and, and we need to really do something about this. So I, I think we also, in, in addition to, to banning all the guns, um, we also need to just allow the police to just for arrest people for no reason and, and hold them, you know, with no limits and, and, and incarcerate them without an indictment or a trial. Um, just for any amount of time that we need to, you know, if, if they do make a threat on social media or even if they say something, because we can allow hearsay with that, too. Oh, totally. Um, I, I mean, course, I think we should just round up everybody. People you know, and, and allow warrantless searches, right, because we need to go look at their house and their car and their place of work. Um, go ahead and do that, right, and, and we can actually fix some of this. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, if we all wanted to, speaking of East Germany, live in an East German police state, they didn't have school <laughs> shootings in East Germany, David. Why are you laughing? They didn't have school shootings in East Germany. We could That's be right. like the East Germans. Yes, good. Yeah, I, we could I also have work. like 300-pound women named Olga who can body press Volkswagens. <laughs> but I mean, we, we're not going to listen. Yes, I, I I get the point there. Yeah, I mean uh, the woulda shoulda coulda movement out there. Just absolutely. If we if we would do this, we should do this. We could do that. No, some of these things you can't do. It's called the Constitution, and we have to deal with the Constitution. And there is a Second Amendment to that Constitution which actually has an express right. I mean, this is the thing that boggles my mind on, on these conversations is there is an express statement in the Constitution 
that gives people the right to keep and bear arms. You find the constitutional amendment that says you have the right to an abortion. I mean, where where is it? Well, you you got to go through this amendment, and from that amendment, you can get a privacy right that's not actually in that amendment, but we can interpret it from that amendment. And because there's a privacy right, we get an abortion right from the privacy right from the amendment. I mean, you're you're several steps away from the actual text of the Constitution with that, except the left is wedded to the idea there's an actual abortion right of the Constitution. Here it is in plain text in the Constitution, a right to keep and bear arms. But we can't do that. All right, 404-872-0750, wsb talk Back to the phones we go. Uh, Joel in Atlanta, welcome. Hey, how you doing, Eric? Good, how are you? Love the show. It's very, very informative. Thank um, you. Got two questions, though. Okay. Okay, um, I just heard this today on the radio in uh, Florida. Is it, a, um, is it legal for an 18-year-old to buy a rifle and not a handgun? That's one. And number two, how come no party does nothing about guns? It's not really about taking away people's guns, because I have two guns, and I don't believe no one's trying to take away my gun. That's the last thing I think about. But how come no party does nothing when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, guns? I mean, no one does nothing. So I'm just curious. Well, yeah, okay, let me answer the second one first. I I genuinely, truly believe on the second one. Um, The left in this country at this point can't help itself. It is intellectually wedded to the idea of gun confiscation. And the right in this country is convinced that if they make a single compromise on the issue at all, uh, they will have to continually revisit the issue on the grounds of, well, you compromised on this, so now compromise on this. Well, you compromised on this, so now compromise on this. So neither side can have an honest conversation uh, because the one side can't do anything other than give me all your guns and the other side can't do anything but say, well, if we compromise on this one little detail, then we got to compromise on everything else. Um, they, they have reached, um, I mean, a, a closing of their minds on the issue. I mean, I, yeah. I'm intrigued by the idea of the um, gun restraining order that I talked about uh, in the first hour. Now, on your on your first question in Florida, uh, federal law prohibits anyone under the age of 21 from owning a handgun. Okay. Um, Florida law prohibits anyone from under the age of 18 from owning a long barrel gun, except... Uh, you can be 16 or 17 in Florida and own a long barrel gun as long as you have a hunting license and are using it during hunting season and at no other time. But but do you think that will really work? You know, it just don't make sense to me. <laughs> well, you know, okay, so the, the the long barrel gun restriction in Florida, I mean, it's, we have, this is a one school shooting in Florida, still terrible and still too many. Um, we don't have a huge number of long barrel guns being owned by teenagers in Florida. Uh, we don't have any handguns being owned by teenagers in Florida because of a federal law. So, I mean, do we raise the, the limit? Well, then you get, get into the issue of hunting. You have liber- even the left out there says, well, we support the Second Amendment for hunting. Well, hunting for what? Because uh, I know a lot of kids. I mean, my kid is in third grade. And has a kid in his class who goes hunting with his dad. Uh, my daughter is in sixth grade and has several of the boys in her class who are already out shooting uh, during hunting season, hunting deer, turkeys, and else and and ducks, shotguns and rifles. My daughter and my son 
we take them out with a, a 22 single shot 22 that was purchased in a Sears and Roebuck catalog in the 1950s uh, to teach them how to use guns. Uh, they're both deadly accurate shots, too, you should know. I mean, they get uh, just off bullseye or bullseye every single time they fire the gun. It's kind of spooky, scary. Um, but we want them to, they're, they're in a culture with guns. This is what my wife tells some of her friends who are really, really, uh, they don't want their kids anywhere near guns, is that the odds are your kid in the South is going to go to someone's house who does have guns. You should at least teach them responsibility enough uh, to know what to do if they encounter one as opposed to pick it up and stare at it and pull the trigger to see if it's loaded or not. Um, you want them to have some basic sense of guns, I think, in this country. Um, you know what? It just I'm trying to do good clock management. For those of you on the phone, let's go on and take a commercial break so when we can come back and spend more time with phone calls instead of having to rush through your phone calls in the next segment. Folks, I wanted to do a quick timeout to tell you about this week's sponsor, Blue Apron. You probably have heard of Blue Apron. You've seen their advertisements. I have to tell you, I have tried several of their competitors and then tried Blue Apron, and it is fantastic. Um, a lot of people, you're confused because there are so many of these services out there. If you don't know what Blue Apron is, it is a great company that sends you recipes to your house. And not just the recipes, but all the ingredients. In fact, Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. You guys know I like to cook, and Blue Apron makes it really easy. And they have great plans to choose from. A two-person meal plan, a family meal plan, a wine plan. My family does the family meal plan. We get two meals a week. For four people, we've done the uh, soy glazed chicken. We've done the um, beef medallions with pan sauce. Last week, we did the Mexican casserole. It's all delicious, and all the ingredients come in the box. They make it really easy for you. In fact, ours shows up on a Thursday uh, by FedEx, and we're ready to cook, and it's good to go. Really delicious recipes, easy to follow along as well. If you're hesitant about cooking, you want to try something a little more than the basics, Blue Apron is the way to go, and Blue Apron is treating listeners of the Eric Erickson show to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off at blueapron.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And think of it this way. Even the federal government says they want to model a plan after Blue Apron. So go to blueapron.com slash Eric. It is 24 past the hour. We are going back to the phones now. Carol in Gainesville has been waiting very patiently. Thank you, Carol. Uh, hi. Yeah, I'm calling in response to the gentleman who said that the parents should be um, held accountable for their children. Yes. And <laughs> we're not looking at a gun control issue. We're not looking at a bad parenting issue. We're looking at a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. God changes hearts, not parents. <laughs> These are not children who just need one more spanking or just need to be grounded. These are, these are broken children who are getting lost in the mental health system. And a lot of times the parents are absolutely exhausted, not listened to, and the parents are just as scared of the children. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the, the guy in Newtown, Connecticut, who killed his mother to get access to her guns. Uh, she was clearly... Mm-hmm. Yes. afraid of him. And unfortunately, as much help as the cho- the parents try to get, the way the system is written is that the children can't the system can't do anything until a crime is already committed. Mhm. And 
you know, you know if, if we do put it in a law where the parent is held accountable, who is ever going to adopt a foster child? Who is ever going to take a risk on anyone who needs them to take a risk? That is a really good point. Uh, one I wish I had thought of. Um, yes, I completely agree with what you're saying there, uh, particularly on, on foster and adoption care. Uh, and, you know, this is one of the frustrations that always angers me when we have these situations is that mm-hmm. we immediately jump to the gun control argument with everybody yelling at each other and everyone mm-hmm. always ignores the mental health argument. If it wasn't a gun, it would be something else. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a way. They are not just in need of one more spanking. They're resentful towards authority. They believe that they are hurt by everybody, and they believe that it is their place to punish. And they're going to do it. If they can't get a gun, they're going to get something else. You're absolutely right. Carol, thanks very much for your phone call. I appreciate it. Brent and Alpharetta, you're up next. Welcome. Hi, Brent. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, so I think there's – I'm a soon-to-be father and a gun owner, and you know, one of the things that concerns me is you see the, the hate against the NRA right now, and it's, it's this moral high ground of if you don't want to fix a way, you know, have a way to fix it with the guns, then there's no other solution. But my, my one concern as, a, as an American that is a gun owner is how do you define what they're talking about as an assault weapon? Because if you take that little twenty two that your kids, your grandkids shoot out, Hey, 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 I am not old enough to have grandkids. You take that back. <laughs> Your future grandkids. <laughs> All right. But if you throw a 20-round magazine in that 22, which they, you can buy those at Walmart, that becomes a high-capacity rifle. And the AR-15, the Armalite rifle, it does look more threatening. Those type of guns do. Wait, wait, wait. But... What is this Armalite rifle? I thought AR stood for assault rifle. That's what the news tells me. All right. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's those type of, you know, I understand, I'm, I understand the anger, I understand the rage, and I want to fix, I think we have to have some sort of better gun control, we have to have a better background check, we have to be able to stop people that have a mental health issue, but if you go down the path of they should not be able to have this type of rifle, they have to define it in Congress via a bill, mm-hmm. and typically that's going to be a high-capacity round right. or magazine. Well, that is every repeating rifle since 1850 has been repeating in high capacity. Well, I mean, just look at the the last assault weapons uh, ban that they put in place. We still have Columbine, but, and Brent, looking at the clock, i got to let you go there because i got a hard break coming up. But, I mean, look at what they did. All gun manufacturers had to do was change certain things on their guns. In fact, you could have an AR-15 that was prohibited under the assault weapons ban, but literally, if you painted it pink, instead of being black, you could have your gun. It made no sense, uh, the assault weapons ban, when you actually got into the specifics. It was all about Congress feeling like they had accomplished something. It was not actually about solving the problem, and that's part of the problem with the gun control debate, is people just want to scratch the do-something itch. It's 40 after the hour. Back to the phones we will go. David in Athens, you're next. Welcome. Eric, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. I, uh, a little confirmation of your uh, demographics there. I'm a little over 40. We'll leave it at that. I have a second grade and a seventh grader. 
Um, and I'm a small business owner. <clears throat> I also own uh, an AR uh, and, and a couple of handguns um, and have been raised around law enforcement. But, um, I, you know, I was listening to you talk about uh, the, the more stringent gun laws, and I absolutely agree with, with all of that. I, I would not be objected to a, a little tougher time uh, getting a gun. Now, when I went and got it, I had to fill out the paperwork. It was not an instant thing, and I, I sure would uh, be interested to find out what this lawyer's talking about, the no-ID gun uh, location. Right. <laughs> um, but the reason I called was, you know, we live up here in the uh, conservative hotbed of the state, Athens, and we, uh, we've had, and I've seen in our mall, uh, we have a very large Walmart Supercenter as well, and both of these places have police precincts in them, not, not an officer. But squad cars parked out front, lined up. Um, you know, I've, I've listened to some folks talk about putting retired military and, and retired law enforcement. All fantastic ideas. But, um, you know, I, I think that the problem is not, it's not the guns. It's, it's the erosion of our society. And, you know, if we've got a nurse's station with a fully stocked uh, nursing outfit in every school uh, throughout the country, I think... Uh, it's not too far of a stretch to say, why, why couldn't we put a local city police office in every school? Listen, there are a lot of police officers out there who would love to have better facilities for their police stations to begin with. Not necessarily Absolutely. a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be a, a solution to a couple of problems. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I heard of a, a police station being um, robbed or, or shot up. Uh, it's, it's been a while. Um, yeah. I think that might be a little more deterrent. And, uh, you know, it's rough out there, and it's scary sending your kids to school. But I just it was interested in your thoughts on that. And uh, Yeah, yeah you know, David, listen, thanks very yeah. much for calling in on, on this. And I think that, listen, the, take the Grassley-Cruz legislation to begin with that Democrats filibustered. It would have increased security for schools. It would have provided grants for placing local police stations in or around near schools. Um, it, it would have it would have done these things, and Democrats filibustered it because it wasn't a gun control issue. And I genuinely think Democrats who say "but Australia," but Australia didn't have the Second Amendment. We got to think differently in this country than Australia. Uh, it's one of my frustrations with the gun control argument: is the Europe or, or Australia or Canada they don't have a Second Amendment, and we do. It's part of the problem to deal with. Uh, back to the phones we go. Jim in Lilburn waiting very patiently. Thanks, Jim, for waiting. Hi, Jim. Yeah, I'm here. Hi Thank there. You. Welcome. I appreciate it, Eric. Thank you. I just just a couple of comments. I I watched the uh, the kids on the oh, actually the young people on TV the other night uh, talking with the various uh, medias, and it's interesting. Uh, I wondered in a couple of days how staged that was. Who's behind the the uh, push to do the uh, demonstrations. It just doesn't seem like four or five kids could get together this quick and get these staged demonstrations across the country, set up a website, set up uh, the, the different uh, various uh, things around the country. I just wondered if something like the, the Soros group or one of these other... Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was just literally reading an article in the commercial break about the Soros group helping get this stuff set up. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And and the other thing too is, I God bless them, and I I feel tragic 
inside the tragedy inside. I mean, it has to be unbelievable losing this many kids. I've been law enforcement for 30 years, and I know how this is. But, you know, the wrong place and the wrong time to protest is not the NRA and not the White House. Listen, if the FBI screwed this thing up, go protest at the FBI headquarters in Miami. If they had 22 calls to the, uh, to the House, well, then go protest in front of the police department or the sheriff's office. Why did you have 20 calls and there was no signs? Those are the protests, not, not D.C. Don't go after the NRA. Go where the actual crux of the problem started, and that's local. Well, and, and Jim, you, you know, there are now part of the student movement is out today saying that they're not going to ever go back to school until we have gun control. Yeah, they're saying that. Joe and Ella J, welcome. How are you? Hi, Eric. Doing great. Uh, I just want to say I think the responsibility of the people, not the guns, but uh, I just want to say I've been really impressed with David Perdue. I think he's a great taxpayer champion, and, you know, he's got a business background like Trump, and I think that David and Trump are responsible for the economy. Heck, I'd vote for David for president. I've been working really hard for my nephew hunter hill for governor but I always enjoy your program and thank I, you joe you're doing a great job my friend i appreciate it it is good to hear from you joe and ella J. yeah you know david purdue has been really out there on this issue uh and on the immigration issue um making a lot of sense on both It is 55 after the hour. My apologies to all of you still on the phone. I We don't have enough time to do justice to any more phone calls, and I got a, a couple of things here that I, I really feel obligated to cover, one of which is, uh, you know, I, I don't fault CNN for doing a town hall with the survivors of the Parkland High School shooting. But here's the thing. It's not going to change anything. Gun laws in this country are not going to change because of the Parkland High School shooting. I know it because they didn't change after the Sutherland Springs shooting. They didn't change after after the Newtown shooting. They didn't change after the Kentucky shooting. That, by the way, barely got any coverage. They're not going to change because of this. And all those children, and they are kids, they're going to go on TV. They're going to demand change, and it's not going to happen. And what is going to happen to these kids' mental state? When they've exerted all of this energy, they have held back the tears. They have tried to stay strong because they felt like they were going on TV to do something and it doesn't happen. What's going to happen to them then? Maybe we should have spent more time focusing on their mental and emotional well-being before trotting them out on TV. Now, that relates to something that I am involved with. And I want to announce it to you here and now. Uh, I will be doing coming to a TV screen and a computer screen and, and every other sort of screen imaginable uh, in the next couple of months, a new series. Uh, we are tentatively calling it The Resurgent Family, and it will be on how to raise your kids in the 21st century, uh, dealing with faith and culture war and technology and violence and all of these things. Uh, I, I will be hosting it. I will be talking to experts around the country on how to navigate your children through the 21st century. 
um, how to make them aware of what's going on in the world without losing them to the world. Uh, if you would like for to get more information on this uh, uh, so that you can know when it comes out, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this program uh, talking about uh, a TV series I'm doing for someone else, um, but text FAITH to 345-345, text FAITH to 345-345. And I will let you know as soon as we go. We start filming next month. Uh, I'm very excited uh, by it. I, I've reached out to even Louis Giglio here to talk about the passion um, that he does, um, and so much more on human trafficking and whatnot. Also, tomorrow night, uh, Clay Tippins and Stacey Abrams will be in the live lounge with me from seven to nine. Clay Tippins and Stacey Abrams should be a great night to talk to two other candidates running for governor in Georgia.